You're listening to Art of the Flow. Welcome to Art of the Float, where float centers thrive. This is our weekly podcast that tells our stories of running our float centers. We love to give tips on starting and running our own float centers. As always, you can find us on Facebook at Art of the Float, on Twitter and Instagram at Artful Floating, which we've been showing up on quite a bit more often these days. And uh, join the conversation. Uh, leave a speak pipe on artofthefloat.com and uh, let us know your feelings on anything we've talked about on any episode, uh, from episode one to whatever we're on today. <laughs> and, um, or ask any questions, opinions, information, all that stuff. We, we want to uh, share it with the rest of the, the community. So. Uh, let us know. Again, just click the gold bar on the left side of the, the screen. should also work on your iPads and your cell phones as well, and you can just record um, from your phone. And of course, if you're driving while you're listening to our podcast, pull over onto the side of the road before recording a message. I don't want to hear somebody getting into an accident. And uh, just so you know, I'm one of your hosts. I'm Dylan Calm. I own the float shop with Sandra Calm in Portland, Oregon. We have a now four float tech center. Uh, we have, I think, now four massage rooms. We do acupuncture. Uh, we have a uh, yoga studio in our building, although it's not uh, our yoga studio. And uh, we had a naturopath who just moved out a couple days ago. So uh, that's what's uh, what's uh, the float shop is looking like at the moment. And I can tell you a little bit more about that after I introduce you to Amy of Float Nashville. Hi, Amy. How are you? Hello. I am fantastic. Happy I bet to you be, are. Yeah. Happy to be back in Nashville after <laughs> right. uh, being spending some time in Florida. Oh, was that really good? You know... I I usually go down to Florida with the intention of relaxing, and it's it's a place where I can get away, and it's nice and quiet. Mm -hmm. But this time, I went down, and my family was there, and I was there with my goddaughter, who's nine and a half. Oh, sweet. So, so she's so cute and so sweet. <laughs> so it was a very different trip than normal. Um, but it was still a lot of fun. Didn't get as much rest as I'd hoped. Oh, uh... but, um... <laughs> got it. But I still but have fun, and that's all that good. matters. Good. Hey, sometimes that's exactly what you need. You think you want to rest. You think you just need downtime, but really you just need to cut loose a little bit, spend some time, some some QT time with the that's right. with the fam. And what a special time to be spending time with your family, too, after yeah. everything you've been through. My goodness. It was that... fantastic. Yeah, seeing my father, who right. was at the brink of death, um, and now he's out there scalloping and uh, <laughs> snorkeling after two months. Wow. It was fantastic. Oh so wow! That does your that does your soul kind of some good stuff. You know? <laughs> I saw him. I think it was like he's mixing a stew or something like that. And that actually, uh, there's a little dusty in the air at that time. Something got in my eye while I was looking at that <laughs> picture. It, but I can't yeah. believe he's he's getting out and about. Way more than that. That's awesome. Congratulations. That, God, thank that's huge. you. And that picture was him actually stirring up the scallops okay. that he caught. He caught Three and a okay. half hours of <laughs> scallops and about two hours to shuck them. We should have paid someone. Wow. You know how that goes. I don't, but. <laughs> <laughs> They're much faster. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I guess but, I know how I'll handle it in the future. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, when, I totally advise that. Um, but it was good. And, you know, I remember there was a, a podcast we did early on. Where we uh -huh. talked about getting away and the importance mm. of taking a break. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I, I find that when I come back, I'm so much more productive and so nice. uh, much more creative and yes. better handling and dealing with things. So uh, 
yeah, I, I'm I'm putting a lot more of those breaks in my life this oh, year, good. and it sure nice. is sure is making a difference. I'm very glad to hear that. I completely agree. You have to have those times, and it, I I know I've talked. I, I don't want to beat a dead horse here, so you, but just tell me if you if this happens to you, which is I go on vacation, and that's where I freaking get my inspiration, and that's where my brain just goes crazy. Um, and so when I come back, I'm like, I got I got to do all the things. Do you have that, or are you actually able to cut loose? Well, cut you know cord. what? I, I did. I actually did um, cut loose for a while. But my my deal with myself is <laughs> on vacation is, yes, I'm going to spend some days where I don't answer my phone. I don't mm -hmm. look at the email. But that said, I did actually spend um, two days sit, sitting out in the lanai overlooking some palm trees. Mm -hmm. um, but we did work. We, we put in two good solid days of work while we were there. So, um, Oh, you and... Mark. Mark was with. Mark is basically family. Mark is my, my business partner. <laughs> nice. So, I yeah, like he's, that. He's there with me. <laughs> so yeah, we did put in some work while oh, we so were down there. Oh, official work time. Okay, got it. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. See, for me, I'm, I'm on vacation and, and the ideas start creeping in. I sneak away and I start hacking away at the computer. It's, oh. it's, it's a problem. And maybe building in some time is, is not a bad idea for you. Right. Making sure you have a chance to dump to dump all that, yeah, that yeah. goodness. Well, you know, actually, oh, I should, by now that we're, we're talking and we haven't heard from Lance, I should mention, I, it was mentioned last week that he won't be in for this episode or next week's episode, uh, but he'll be in right before the float conference. So he is out at a music festival, uh, hopefully just having a taking blast. A break. <laughs> yeah, and taking a break from it all. Oh, my God. Um Boy, he yeah. needs it, right? He absolutely. He, uh, he lights the candle at both ends, and he has been for a while. He's got that Gary V hustle, so uh, <laughs> he's he's doing it. Um, yeah. Shoot, uh, totally distracted me from what. Go ahead. Well, tell me a little bit about um, what you've been going through lately, because I I think you mentioned, and we didn't get a chance to talk about it. So I'm really curious. You mentioned lately that you're going through kind of a a lag time. Oh yeah, thanks. Actually, yeah. that brings me back to what what I was going to talk about, which um, is that I, I finally started reading, or I guess listening to uh, what is it, The War of Art. Mm -hmm. uh, and as I think Lance said, it's only three hours long audio book, which is nice. Uh, it's you know pretty easy easy to bite off and. Uh, yeah, I I really enjoy that, and and you recommended it as well. So don't don't think you're okay. not getting points for that. <laughs> But um, yeah, it's been really interesting. I've been um, feeling like I got a bunch of plates to spin, and I'm starting to get like um, I, I'm, I, I have a hard time like creating an, an analogy for it or really putting my finger on it. But I'm just too overwhelmed to start any of the projects, uh, which makes me go do other things and things that have nothing to do with work. And then I feel bad about myself for not doing work. And then, uh, and the cycle just continues over and over and over because the projects uh, just feel too big for me and it's just too overwhelming. There's too many of them. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's what was going on last week. Um, I think the biggest thing I got from Lance was, you know, do it, man. Just get started. You just got to go. <laughs> and while I agree, I, while I agreed with that, like, Part of it is just like go. The other part of me was like, well, I need to organize, you know, like I need to understand how to do this better. It's more complicated to me than just do it. So, um, well, I will say, I will say I woke up, uh, or I, I, mean, I should back up and I should say I went to bed one of these nights and I was like, just kind of thinking about everything I wanted to do the next day and, and going, you know what, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to get right to work with my coffee. I'm going to get right to it, blah, 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 blah. 
woke up, put my feet on the ground and walked right over to my laptop, set it up and, and got to work and just started doing good stuff, you know, replying to emails and getting the getting the brain going. And Sandra started kind of probing, asking me a few questions. She started cooking some eggs, asked me a few more questions about work and stuff and what I was up to. And then finally she goes, do you know that it's Sunday? And I was like, oh, <laughs> nope, nope. Thought it was Monday. Thought it was, thought I was really going to hit it hard on Monday. I got to take two days off. Okay, two days. Um, so then we, we had a fun Sunday. Um, and, uh, <laughs> then I, then I did a repeat on, on Monday and, and really got to it. And, um, when I felt spent, then I plugged in the War of the Art, um, I was going to say podcast, the, uh, um, audible audio book, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. audio book and listened to about, I'd say about an hour of it. And now I think I'm probably an hour and a half through maybe, maybe two hours. And, you know, I honestly, like one of the first things he said, I mean, it's all about resistance to mm-hmm. work. It, it's all about fighting that that force of nature that is resistant. And he really anthropo... Well, I wouldn't say he anthropomorphizes... Oh, wow. I've now all of a sudden I can't say it. Anthropomorphizes it. You got it. Thank you. Just had to slow down a bit. Um, <laughs> but he does kind of put it... Really, really describes it as a force of nature and something that won't ever go away and um, kind of gives it... Um, like a physical presence almost, uh, something more tangible that you can intellectualize and process, which makes you, me, more able to work with that. And I I really, really appreciate it. I really like it. And to Lance's credit, I mean, really the bottom line, and and he approaches it from all these different angles, you know, I mean, that's that's Mm -hmm. the, the main thing. And then he just hits it from every angle and, um, kind of works from there, from that, from that main point. And, uh, I realized I I do just need to get started. That's the first thing, right? Flip open that laptop and get started, whether it's my email or coming up with organization on how to do all this stuff, whatever it is, or what days of the week do I do what? And um, so it, it was kind of funny because I, I felt like Lance was simplifying it too much and I agreed with him. And now like both of those things have, have kind of flipped, like it is more complicated. And yeah, I just have to take those first steps because I know, I mean, those first steps are organizing myself, you know, and, and getting mm-hmm. my, my stuff together. So, uh, yeah, that was really important for me. And, um, I, I really feel, I feel better already. I will feel better when I have actually accomplished some stuff, you know, um, I think, uh, I think we get a lot of our personal value from that. And, you know, one of the most interesting things I got from the book is that the more you want to put something off, the more value it has. If you want to uh, <laughs> go for a walk, if you want to play video games, if you want to have a beer and I don't know what your vice is or whatever your, your easiest, your least resistant thing is for you, that is going to give you the least value, you know, that, and you're going to appreciate it the least when you're done with it. And mm-hmm. um, I think it, I, I want to say it's not like 100% foolproof, but every time I think about it, I'm like, yep, yep, that lines up. Those things I really put off when I when I get those done, those are the things that will make me the most satisfied. Absolutely. Um, so I'm really, really digging the book. Um, and I'm also, there's something else. Um, it certainly isn't verbatim, but he, he talks about uh, the difference between a hobby and a job. And mm-hmm. 
you know, really the dedication that goes into having a job. And sometimes I think that's difficult when you don't have a nine to five, when it's all on you to make something happen. And so um, really creating a schedule for myself will be important. Not to give away the whole book, but uh, <laughs> at the beginning he talks about, you know, I wake up, I sit in my chair, I've got my lucky hoodie on behind me. I grab a penguin or something that shoots uh, muse energy into my brain and I, I write for four hours and and that's his that's what he does and then at the end of four hours he shuts down his laptop saves it puts it in his jeep in case there's a fire he can drive away and and that's what he does you know every day and, and it's that commitment to a regular schedule and even if it's not regular as in you know the nine to five style mm-hmm. the commitment to getting things done to putting in the time to start for me uh, is huge. So I'm getting a lot out of that if you can't tell already. And uh-uh. um, I'm feeling a little yeah. bit better just because I have a plan uh, going to to get this stuff done. But uh, I think by next week or the next few weeks, my kind of sense of of satisfaction and fulfillment will will have gone up because man, there's nothing like just feeling down on yourself, you know, it just mm-hmm. feels yucky. So and oftentimes we're the ones we we pile it on ourselves. That's oh, yeah. the hard part is we try to live up to ourselves. But I think ritual and routine are mm-hmm. a great place to start. I know ritual is so important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's something it's interesting. I just did something for myself based on something that you said. This was months and months and months ago. Um, but I realized that some of my most productive work over the last few months has been when I was in Florida on a lanai mm-hmm. in 95 degree heat. Um, I sat down, I worked, I was focused, I didn't have a lot of outside um, Mm. distractions. Mm -hmm. And I remember you telling me, I think it was earlier this year, it might have been the end of last year, that you went away for a few days and you sat in a room and you worked. And being, I had someone say, well, just, you know, go in your office at home and shut the door and you can work. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, it doesn't work that way. I've got a (laughs) husband who walks in, I've got cats who don't like the door closed, they scratch and meow. (laughs) Um, and then they want to sit on my lap and then they want to climb up and then my phone rings and then my house phone rings and it's insane. Oh, and guess what? Even if you have no distractions, you can walk out that door and find some. Walk, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Because there's laundry right outside my door right now. There's laundry to be done. And um, and that will make me crazy. There's too much that can that can draw me away. So I went on Airbnb and I found a little tiny house in the woods. Ooh. Um, for 45 bucks a night, which nice. is in my budget range. <laughs> cool. And I booked myself uh, two nights once we get back from the uh, conference. And I booked myself two nights in the following month um, it, with my intention being that I'm going to go. I'm going to have a list of things to write, a very specific list. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to get up and I'm going to write. And I'm not going to take phone calls and I'm not going to mm-hmm. do anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, because being away, even if it's not a vacation. <laughs> being away and being outside your environment, um, I think, helps you prioritize and um, and uh, get moving and get organized yeah. and get moving. Agreed. Um, yeah. So uh, that sometimes seems like an impossible task when you own your own business, but man, does it pay dividends. So much. So much. I, I totally agree. And yeah, I, that was a really good weekend. Well, the funny thing is I came back. I, I remember the drive home. I think it was two nights uh, at the coast by myself. And mm. I think I took one walk on the beach the entire time, which is kind of funny. Uh, and I went home going, man, I didn't get enough work done. I just, I felt a little bit like, man, that wasn't as productive as I wanted. But then in the following weeks, I was like, oh my God, compared to what I get done every day, 
I got so much done. I, I would just leaps and bounds ahead in all the projects I was working on. So that was so awesome. Um, I'm very excited for you. I think that's awesome. Yeah, good, good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, we all learn from each other. <laughs> I, I, uh, before we keep talking about uh, what's going on with us, I should also mention that our main uh, topic today, <laughs> if you want to call it that, is our guest, Greg Griffin, who is uh, just our, our flow facilitator celebrity. So I'm excited to have him on in a little bit here. And we'll, we'll probe him on everything from what made him want to start uh, a float center to, to where he's at today and how he's... Uh, looking for his future. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. He has had so many questions on Facebook. So I'm excited to pick his brain and see what's going on with, with him today and what his process has been like. Also, before we move on, I want to give a shout out to Float Away, the makers of my float tank, the Tranquility Float Tank. And uh, my goodness, I'm so excited. The new float tank will be coming in just after the conference here. And uh, I'm also you know, it was something that I was thinking about. I, I think we've we're really lucky to kind of accidentally find this float away tranquility tank, and more so the fact that we uh, found the company, the float away company. A, because they're always super helpful, but they've been around. You know, you can invent a float tank and start selling it um, within a year or so, but being able to um, come out with a version one, find all the problems with it, come out with version two, refine, 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 all of a sudden you've got a phenomenal, well, not all of a sudden, over time you develop a phenomenal product and one that lasts and uh, a company that knows how to take care of issues as well, one that's not going to have a, a wait list on parts and stuff like that uh, or getting a hold of somebody, they'll, they'll get right back to you. And so um, that's the confidence I have when I and buying our new float away tranquility float tank uh, is just knowing that a it's going to work for a long 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 time and b with any issues uh, they're they're going to be super responsive so i'm a big fan that's where they're a sponsor so uh <laughs> www.floataway.com if you want to check them out excellent yeah uh, let's see here. Before we bring Greg on, I also wanted to talk about uh, what I was working on today, and I actually want to see what other people think uh, or have any insights on oh, soundproofing windows. I'm not sure how frequent this actually happens. I, I feel like most uh, float centers happen in the kind of the shoebox style. They have uh, somewhat like in a business park. There's a business on the left, a business on the right, and that's true with you too. Is that is that right? Um, actually the way that our building is, um, yeah. there's a gap that actually, there's a stairway, an outside stairwell oh, nice. outside between. So we are actually, while there is one above us, we are open to the outside on all four sides of our building. Oh, wow. Jeez. I, yeah. I didn't realize that. That's fantastic. Yeah. But you don't yeah. have any windows that you're dealing with. <laughs> we have windows in all three tank rooms. <gasps> you do. You I do. do. I didn't I do. know that. Okay, yes. cool. <laughs> well, great. Then I'm going to pick your brain. <laughs> I've got some ideas for you. All right, perfect. So, okay, well, well, let me just tell you my understanding of window soundproofing, which is uh, first, seal it. Um, mm -hmm. Stuff it with any soundproof, like uh, insulation or, you know, the uh, soundproofing insulation. And then uh, sheetrock over it. Put as many layers of sheetrock over it as you can until, you know, you meet, reach the surface of your walls. Um, is, is basically my understanding, which is... Uh, going to do the soundproofing with, with sheetrock. And then also um, uh, by sealing it, you create, you limit any of those air holes where sound is going to penetrate as well. Those, those air leaks. Does that sound right to you? And what, what did you do? Well, 
I will tell you that one advantage we have is our windows in the office are double windows. Mm -hmm. So there's a pane of glass, there's a space, a second pane of glass. Yeah. um, And they are sealed very well. Mm -hmm. So that was a benefit that we have that, unfortunately, I know the situation that you're in. Yeah. um, Yeah, it's not quite the same thing. No. One thing that seemed (laughs) to help us a lot, um, we actually used, it's a paint, but it turns Mm. to rubber once you put it on. Mm. Uh, and we put several layers of that on the window. So we have that layer. And just like you, we used um, uh, insulation mm-hmm. and then uh, the green board. And, uh, oh, green board. Mm-hmm. We used green board. And that has worked incredibly well. The only thing we were not be able to shut out was um, we had a train. Yeah, of course. The notorious train whistle. Of course, yeah. um, but we have actually reorganized our vibrational pads. That mm-hmm. seems to have taken almost taken care of that problem completely um, this time around. But really? uh, yeah, yeah. Mark uh, put some extra vibrational pads, and we adjusted how our how close our float tank was to the wall. We put up a layer of FRP, and that has. I think it mostly has to do with the vibrational pads, the way that we have settled it now. But um, but all that has almost eliminated that issue for us. Uh, but the windows, I have to admit, I think probably the reason why we have so much luck with the windows is they are the double pane. Yeah. And they are incredibly, incredibly well sealed and <laughs> windows. Okay, Amy. I've, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah. but the rubber actually helped quite a bit. We went okay. back in and did that. And that made the, a, the paint, a the rubber paint. Us. The rubber paint that we okay. put multiple layers on. Oh, is that right? Cool. And, um, and then the green board uh, works very well. Uh, that's cool. And yeah, I think, so yeah, I, just for anybody listening, our place was built in 1904 and has windows that when you raise up, there are weights in the walls that hold it up, which is kind of cool by all means. But I mean, they're like sagging with time, you know, how glass kind of, kind of melts slowly. Uh, it, that, that's definitely a thing with, with our, uh, with our windows. And, um, that's something I talk about with, uh, consulting clients is that those double pane, gas-filled windows are built, I believe, for insulation, for for heat resistance. But hey, hey, it actually works out great for soundproofing too. Like really good. I'm really surprised how good it is. But um, yeah, those little little um, air pockets, man, they're, they're cash money. And do you have uh, issues too, because you are in a house and it is an older house, do you find that when you can fix a window, you can put that effort in, and then as the house settles that you're you're having to go back in on a regular basis. Is that an issue? Is settling an issue for you? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. (laughs) Everything's an issue with this house. Everything's an issue. But yeah, um, (laughs) you know, the house, it breathes throughout the year. So it expands and it contracts throughout the year. So uh, yeah, there there have definitely been issues with that, which is kind of funny that you mentioned that because we are permanently covering the windows right now. Well, I guess I brought up the fact that we're doing the windows, but we, we are, this, this is not a temporary fix. What we're about to do is, permanently seal the window and then put another layer of five eighths with green glue behind it over that. So, um, two of our rooms, the tranquility and infinity room are getting a, another layer of, of, uh, soundproofing added to them, uh, via the, via the five eighths sheetrock. So, uh, yeah. Did, did you have windows in your new float room? Yeah, that we that did. You had to deal with? And, and did you already put, um, put that uh, concoction over that window in there are you finding it's working for you yeah that is that has worked out pretty well and so that was similar we did several layers of sheetrock to build up to the 
basically zero point on mm-hmm. so it was sheer with with the rest of the walls which mm-hmm. wasn't super important we could pop out a little bit because there's a big air gap before it meets the next layers of um isomax clips and uh layers of sheetrock so mm-hmm. uh, and, and studs all that stuff so mm-hmm. um yeah we're uh we're all learning, and that was that was based off the recommendation of my sound guy, and he didn't mention the the rubber stuff, but that makes me want to give him a call and find out about that. Um, everybody has all these different ideas, and um, I, I have a lot of faith in him, and he's really raised my intelligence level when it comes to soundproofing and understanding the concepts and all that. Uh, but I know that you know if if you were trained a particular way, you're you're more bound to do that, even if maybe some new technology comes out or something like that. Uh, sometimes it can be hard for people to adjust. So I, I would like to talk to him about that. Well, I will be happy to get you the name of the product that we use. I don't know off the top of my head, but I'll have that, and we'll put that in show notes as well. Okay, cool. Awesome. Sounds good. Speaking of show notes, I forgot to post, not that anybody I'm sure clicked through because uh, to look at a picture of me, uh, but I, f- I said that I'd post some pictures of me uh, with Greg Griffin's Float Madison shirt on, and I forgot to do that. I apologize. So I'll put that up today on this week's and last week's uh, show notes. So if you just happen to want to see that picture, uh, let's see here. Um I, I got a question for you, Amy. I, I'm, yes, I am very concerned about this conversation sounding condescending towards employees. So let me say that I feel like I'm walking on eggshells or I'm tiptoeing a little bit here. But um, I, I don't think I need to. Or I think in its pure sense, I'm not saying anything, you know, mean or anything like that. So, uh, but I think it, it could has potential to sound. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, I know, right? Exactly. So, um. <laughs> I have, uh, so we have tile floors and Mm -hmm. uh, the slippage is a concern and I wanted to put tile, it's the stuff that you pour onto tile and it Mm -hmm. actually changes the structure permanently so that it's more grippy. And I wanted to, which which is what I want because anything you put on, uh, well, anything, the salt water will eventually corrode it and, and eliminate it. So it's really cool that it's permanent. But I, there was an area in the tranquility room that I want to do to make it um, that's not just outside of the float tank, but in kind of like a walk area that I didn't think needed to be done and, and now do. And uh, so I asked an employee to find that bottle of stuff. And we do our laundry in, a, in the next building over. So we have a lot of storage over there, a lot of old products and things that we've used, you know, once and maybe we'll never use again or maybe today, which is, you know, wanted that product and um and this person couldn't find it and the other person on shift also spent a bunch of time was rifling through things and and couldn't find it and so i show up and and it's a 40 dollar bottle and i'd prefer to find it you know if we threw it out we threw it out i'll, I'll buy a new one but if we have it I'd, I'd way rather save the 40 bones and um so i go next door and i snoop around and i find it within i would say uh, under two minutes i and that's a stretch (laughs) i found it very quickly and i was i was just taken back to when i was a kid and my dad says you know find the the whole tomatoes or the tomato sauce and i'm looking in the garage i'm looking up and down and up and down and i can't find it he sends me back in again i can't find it finally he walks in with me in under half a second is reaching out to the can. It's been right in front of me the whole time, and I, I couldn't find oh. it. And it's just this funny thing, which, by the way, makes me really excited to be a parent. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and the way that I I said it was, if I can't – I was I was talking to my employee, who will name Nameless, and uh, I said – 
if I can't find this bottle, I have to pay $40 for another one of these bottles. If, if you can't find this bottle, I have to pay $40 to, to buy this bottle. And so, you know, when it's not on you, you don't have that same sense of drive or whatever that is. And so I guess what I'm getting at is, is that something you can instill in somebody or does it have to come naturally? Is it born into people? Do they have to start their own business? <laughs> because I will say, I will say this. If, if my dad tells me to get that spaghetti sauce today, I will find it. And of course, that analogy is silly at this point. But, but you know, if somebody else wants me to do something, mm-hmm. I'm able to shift into that mode where I understand how to be in that mode where I'm going to find it, you know? I'm, I'm, I know how to solve this problem, and I will find the answer, which you just have to have as an entrepreneur. So what's, what's your input? Okay. Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface this by saying I am the one who cannot find anything. <laughs> um, I'm notorious oh, for great. it. Um, and even when I do put forth an effort, when it does, when it does involve a – uh, financial uh, outcome for mm-hmm. me, uh, <laughs> I still cannot find That's it. That's really funny. Um, I think some people, not to say, now, by the way, I'm not using that as an excuse. I still am responsible <laughs> for uh, my actions, but um, I do think some people are better at looking for things than others. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I am going to preface it with that because if I didn't, then my husband and my business partner will be calling me and saying, oh, you are so full of you right. know what. Um, that said, yeah, there is a motivator. There certainly is a motivator when you are financially responsible for something. And my father and my mother tell me this still. I still listen to my parents. They tell me this all the time. No one will ever, ever, ever work as hard for your company as you will. Mm-hmm. And that's just the truth. And I think you can instill it to a degree. Mm-hmm. But the reality of it is, at the end of the day, despite the fact that I make less than any single person at my <laughs> entire business, yeah. um, at the end of the day, I will work harder than anyone else there. I will put in more effort. I will find more solutions. And I have some really good employees who will make an effort and who do solve problems. I, mm-hmm. I'm very um, pleased and, and they're very valuable to me. But at the end of the day, it's me who's going to be making things happen and i get angry (laughs) sometimes about (laughs) those things of course but it's just the truth and i'm not so sure that of of how much of that you can change and and they don't mean anything by they're not saying they're going it's not passive aggressive yeah Yeah, it's not yeah yeah, laziness (laughs) yeah i i completely agree with that and you know i i don't feel like i should have to but i should definitely I, i should say just like you, I think my employees are amazing. They do a rocking job. Like I, that that goes without saying in my mind. But I'm like, oh, maybe I maybe I should just say that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but there is a gap, right? There is a difference between the owner and and the employee, and that's 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 interesting. So, do you have any tips, tips and tricks, hacks, if you will? My favorite um, tips and tricks. So. This is interesting. I'm going to bring up something that's along similar. It's, it's kind of along similar of what we're talking, similar to what we're talking about. And that is this. When I was away this week, we yeah. got some phone calls and we got some, we, we uh, communicate via Slack. And we got some messages on Slack um, where employees were d- 
doing some things or making some decisions oh, no. <laughs> that were not not great. Um, and they were doing things and uh, that I guess they just had a moment where they forgot that it wasn't they weren't supposed to do something that way or making mistakes with membership or giving wrong information. Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately, when we have weeks like this, number one. I take a step back and I'm like, you know what? I need to be grateful. This is an opportunity to learn where there are gaps in our communication Mm. and in our training. Um, But ultimately what it comes down to is if your employees are not performing at the place where you want them to be or the place that you expect them to be, um, I do believe that ultimately I'm the one responsible. I've not communicated it. I've not trained them well enough. I've not done something. Ultimately, in business, everything always falls back to yeah. me mm-hmm. uh, and my responsibility. So, um, so I look at those situations as an opportunity to to uh, train them. Okay, so so they couldn't find it in there. Maybe that's an opportunity for them to go in and do an organization and also do an inventory of what all's in there, um, so that the next time there's a sense of organization you're like okay well these chemicals are in this part of the room and these chemicals are always kept here um so i always look at it as it's an opportunity to close some gaps in my training and in my communication with employees and that's the way that's the way i'd look at it um i'm not sure if that's really helpful in that situation i think i think that's interesting that came up uh just this week i think that's interesting yeah Yeah. um and i definitely think it's always on you, right? Like if you want to be able to fix anything, you have to take ownership of it. And so as an entrepreneur, I think that just goes to the just 100%. It's on you. Because if, if it's not, then you fail, right? Like if, if there are chinks in your armor, then th- that, and, and you it's don't take ownership true. of it, then there's just holes in <laughs> your product. But it's also a chance for you to bring them closer to your expectations for them. Yes, totally. Um, you know, the next time... You have an opportunity to step up and say, that will never be a problem again. And this is why, because this is what we're going to do for the next week. <laughs> we're going to create a plan and an inventory and a, uh, an organization system to do that. Um, I, Lord knows, after this week, I have a list that is very long that's going to be discussed in the next, um, in the next meeting, in the next staff <laughs> meeting coming up. Um, and, cool. and once again, I'm not going to yell at them because right, ultimately, guess who's responsible? It's oh, me. man. Like when our, we it had sucks. our flood with our um uh floatarium float tank like emily felt terrible about that she felt so Uh bad but it's like you weren't trained to handle the situation like what i i thought she did great given the circumstances and and everything she knew i thought she was she did perfect you know um so yeah it's just um and, and again that example it led us to starting to develop our emergency procedures which is what we talked about last week and so um Find having these things occur, or, you know, while they can be a challenge, are, are a blessing for building a stronger future. And and yeah, 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 a and a, and a stronger relationship between you and your and your employees, and an opportunity for them to to take some ownership um, hmm. when they feel like they're in control of something, when they feel like they can contribute. Um, I know I feel really good when I can contribute and help out. Right. So yeah, I, I know they get that same sense of satisfaction. Man, I just want to take that to just. The next level, I, I we we have very bright intellectually and emotionally employees, and 
I just want to know how to tap into that to like as close to 100% as possible uh, to see how much we can get out of these people, not just for the business, but because if, if you do that, they are going to be so much happier. You know, you, you will be so much more satisfied if you're tapping into your uh, heart, your soul, whatever it is that, that fills you up, which is, you know, how we do things. We want you to be doing things that fills you up. And so if you're putting it all out there every day, it would be so satisfying. And so I really want to learn how to do that better. Um, there's certain things about this is how you make a float center. These are advertising tips and tricks and SEO and all that stuff. But management is one that I have definitely, um, that, that, that's when I'm, <laughs> I started well below zero on that one and, and, uh, always want to be improving. And I, and I feel like just as will be a forever thing that, that will never be like nailed it, got it. Or like tr to train somebody, this is how you manage your team. Um, feels very organic too. It's true. And, it, it, you know, the other thing I want to add to that is um, it all starts, too, with understanding what motivates them. Because, quite frankly, what I'm excited about and what's important to me, um, as conveying importance to them is, is one way that helps. But understanding what motivates them, because they're not all motivated the same way that yeah. I am. And I forget yeah. that. I, I forget to step <laughs> right. outside of myself. I am totally guilty of that. Uh, so I have true. a feeling you guys are probably a little bit better th at that. Um at what? What uh, do you mean? At, at, at stepping outside of yourself and, and looking at it from their perspective. I think you Oof. guys have some really great emotional intelligence and uh, are probably extremely good at that. I look to y'all to learn that. So don't tell me you're not. All right. <laughs> well, thank you. I'll I just take that fantastic. as a compliment. That's right. It's a beautiful thing. I do. I will say, and it's funny because mm -hmm. I know I do this on the show where I say like, like, like when I say I'm a bad manager or like started at, at negatives, like... I, I feel like I'm very critical of myself and I do feel like uh, uh, that I don't hold anything against myself for being critical. I want to be critical of myself. But then when I talk to somebody, I like maybe should say I'm not actually complete crap. <laughs> like I have some skills here and I just hold myself to a really high standard maybe is something that I should put out there. <laughs> So, yeah. I don't think we'll ever stop growing in this right? field. Uh, management, I think, is one of the hardest things ever. I, I think that is the hardest part of our business. Right. Well, I mean, gosh, that's a management is a relationship, and it's a really particular relationship. And think about how many uh, roommates you've had that have just been just awesome, and they're great. Like, most roommate situations are tough, and that's one of the most intimate relationships you can have. And, and then there's romantic relationships, and relationships are difficult that's it's a it's an incredible balance and it takes uh you know stepping away from your ego so much and like you said viewing or empathizing the other person is, is incredibly important so yeah of course this is going to be something that we just don't figure out that thanks amy yeah <laughs> right 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 uh gosh i know i'm just uh rambling here but i do i just do want to share one other thing that i i um kind of forgot to share last week, which is we had, uh, so uh, Float On and Mudra Massage has a single float tank and float shop. Uh, we're all in Portland here. And we all get together for drinks every few months or so. And, you know, while they, while the Float On guys were cruising around the country, uh, we didn't, we didn't uh, obviously get together for drinks, but uh, we did finally get together for drinks uh, last week. And it was just so much fun, which it always is. But what's crazy is all of a sudden, it was a lot more people. And so uh, 
you know, going back to a few weeks ago, talked about new float centers showing up in Portland. Well, there's actually two in the works, and uh, there's also somebody that just opened just north of Oregon um, in Vancouver. Uh, another urban uh, float just opened up. So um, although Urban Float wasn't able to make it uh, because I, they had just opened up, uh, the owner wasn't able to make it. We had myself, Sandra, Ashcon, Graham, Jeremy, who owns Mudra Massage and is hilarious. And we had Dana and her fiance there, uh, which is awesome. And they're working on, well, uh, first they're working on getting married. Then they're working, they're also working on uh, their... Float Center, which, side note, I got to meet Dana's parents. They just happened to pop into the float shop when I happened to pop oh, in. Nice. And uh, beautiful, super sweet family. And uh, that was actually a real treat to meet them. And Charlie. So I'm, I'm saying his name now because I've met Charlie in person. This is the episode a few weeks back about new competition on the, the west side of the Willamette River. Uh, you know, closest <laughs> one to the float shop. And he's, he's a really sweet guy. And he's out to create a really high-quality float center. And it sounds like a, well, I don't want to say too. I, I'll say a high-end float center, but I'll, I'll just leave it at that. I don't want to say more than I should. But um, it was just really nice to grab drinks and hear stories and chatter and and I will say this, it was kind of funny because there was a little bit of a, I don't want to say clicky thing going on, but, the, you know, there are people in the industry that, Amy, you and I know, and mm-hmm. so if, if I say a name, we just know the history, and we we know all this, uh, these, these people, uh, researchers, all this stuff, and, and it was funny, it was like, whoa, 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 Ashgod, pause, we got to bring everybody up to date on who this person <laughs> is, and that happened quite a few times, and that was that was kind of fun, and... It was funny to have to find a table for, I think, at least seven people. You know, that was a first. And (laughs) it was just, uh, it was a lot of fun and a lot of bouncing around because you couldn't talk to everybody at once. And good Lord, I hope, I just hope, hope, hope uh, other float communities can aim for this. I... Maybe it can get better than this. I'm sure it can, but it's pretty damn good what what goes on here. And, and, you know, there's no price fixing going on. There's very little talking about actual business, like nitty gritty. But there are questions that come up. How do you approach this? How do you do that? And and it's really cool. Like uh, Floaton can steal our ideas and that's okay. And we're going to take their ideas. Like, well, we ask genuine questions and we get genuine answers and and uh, we're all, we all want to create something good, something valuable. And it was fun to have newer, newer blood in there as well, uh, who are bringing some new energy to things. And, and uh, we'll bring just all the new modern things of floating and the new knowledge to, to Portland as well. So that was a lot of fun. Just wanted to share that. Wonderful. I love it. I love that it's such a wonderful community up there. I know, I know I'm looking forward to seeing everyone. Yeah. So I'll get to meet all those people yeah. who I... I only know by name, yes. Dana and Charlie. Yeah. Oh, and I, I should say, that wasn't our first time meeting Charlie. We did get oh. drinks with him a couple days before that, and or maybe it was a week before. Yeah, it was a week before, and, uh, you know, ended up being hours hanging out, and, and it was a really good time. So uh, it's it's just all, all good, and all the nerves and everything finally got to settle and all that, and, and hopefully, and I think on, on his side as well, um, because I know it's just such a natural, such a natural thing. So, yeah, that's uh, that's what's going on. Just another chill week at the the float shop. Yep, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Good times. All right. Before we bring, oh, is there anything else you wanted to say, uh, share about your week or anything, Amy? Um. Oh, hey, you know what? I do want to bring up one more thing, <laughs> very briefly. 
Uh, we so last week I talked about the fact that we were actually raising our prices on Monday. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So that was a little, you know, nerve wracking. I think I felt pretty confident about. It. I felt okay with it. We didn't make big fanfare out of it. It was very, um, it was pretty laid back price raise. Uh, price raise. Uh, but just so y'all know, uh, we raised our prices yesterday, and so far, no one has revolted. Um, <laughs> no one has burned, tried to burn down our place. No one has accused us of of uh, costing too much. Um, it has been completely smooth, uh, calm. Nice. Uh, it's like really, no it's, waves at all, right? No waves That's, at all. Isn't that funny? Not even a yeah. single bag of burning. Uh, Nothing. No. Not on, wow. <laughs> I know it's amazing. Right. And, you know, I think even though I was kind of calm about it, like, oh yeah, I got this. It's cool. On the inside, there was still that little seed of doubt yeah. that maybe someone was going to accuse me of charging way too much. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> not that you know, you gotta gotta go where you you gotta pay yourself. Make sure your, yourself is paid. But yeah. um, but it was it was good. And I I just want to put it out there that um, if you walk through that fear, uh, if you feel resentful of the amount of money that you're charging, you're, you're feeling it's not enough. And the mm. only thing holding you back is a fear of what your clients are going to mm -hmm. say. Um, highly recommend that you sincerely put some energy into evaluating uh, what your current price is and where you need to put it and just go, just go for it. Nice. Yeah. I would agree with that. And I would say our biggest fear, definitely, but, but the fear of being based around our value, like, is our value this high? And, you know, there are these issues and there are those issues and kind of basically just general low self-esteem, you know, like, how silly is that? Like, while at the same time, we, we absolutely knock it out of the park and we have great customer service and we deliver a great float and, but, but I can find these things. Yeah, we got to improve this. We got to improve that. It's like, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. If it doesn't feel right, you, you gotta you gotta increase your prices and like just rent goes up. Like just inflation goes up, everything goes up and like we took a very long time before we raised our prices. So I'm very happy you did and so happy Hooray. there weren't any any bags of burning dog no. poo poo or anything. It felt good, yeah. <laughs> it felt good to wake up to a completely dog poo poo free yeah. uh, porch step. It's thing. nice. And yeah. totally expected. Like of course yeah. that's how of course. it's gonna be. <laughs> and listener, that's how it's going to be for you too. Just so you know. Uh, yes, Greg Griffin. I want to bring him on in just a second. But first, I want to give a shout out to the Float Conference, which is coming up. Uh, you got to get your tickets now. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, two and a half weeks till day one. Yeah, if you're yeah. planning on buying a plane ticket, or I don't know if you're renting an RV <laughs> or what you're doing, but it's time to get on it. There's a lot of fun, not only on August 20th and 21st, but on the Friday before that as well. I know um, you can take classes. I know there's um, pool certification going on. Uh, there's some soundproofing stuff that you can uh, take a class on. And then there are a lot of free, well, some some free, like for ours example, there's a roundtable, industry roundtable discussion, uh, which I'm really excited about. There are 120 slots open. So if you want to have a roundtable Boy, howdy, uh, this will be a lot of information going around. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, uh, well, I'll, I'll tell a little bit more about that. But uh, there, there are other options. There's a double-decker bus where, A, you get to drink for a couple hours, which, yeah, you know, who, who's going to say no to that? But, <laughs> and there's more, you get to go drive around to every float uh, center in Portland and sneak a peek at what's going on there, get a full tour and all of that as well, which is really nice. Um especially if you are thinking about improving your float center or if you are still 
uh, dreaming up your float center, here's here's a few that you can check out right away. And like I always say, you know, just pick what you like and throw out the rest. You'll have your preferences. And so steal ideas, see what you like and what you don't like, what we're doing wrong, or you think is just complete crap, uh, you get to do better. So, um, And you are you got a buzz on while you're doing it. Somebody else is driving <laughs> you around. So what could be better? But uh, yeah, so www.floatconference.com uh, is where you want to go to get your tickets. And hopefully we'll see you there. I really hope so. I want to meet everybody. Oh, and please say hello to us, by the way. We are so excited yes. to meet you. I can't even tell you. So please, and uh, hugs are required. So let's, uh, don't, don't be shy. <laughs> oh my gosh, did I not? Oh gosh, okay. Oh gosh, okay. I got two things I, I have to talk about. Um, I'm going to make a note here real quick. Um, so first, I just want to talk about the roundtable discussion, mm-hmm. which is going to be based on your guys' ideas on what you want to talk about at this roundtable discussion. So uh, what we'll be doing is sending an email out to y'all and uh, asking you what you want to talk about. Uh, so we're going to wait on that for a little bit here so that as people sign up, uh, people don't get a lead on you know particular ideas that get too many votes and you know maybe there's a better idea later. Uh, so we're going to get those and then we'll compile them and, and all that stuff. So we'll, uh, we'll be sending that out probably Probably a week before the float conference, I think, is what we're going to do. The other thing is I received a very interesting comment on the episode where I talked about uh, new competition. And I I meant to actually read this on the next episode, so I apologize for not getting to this. And I'm I'm actually not going to read the whole thing. I'll just give a really fast synopsis, which is uh, the person wanted to let me know that they met they were at the float conference years ago and didn't say hi to me because they were nervous. And I, I mean, I, I was blogging at the time and um, I, it's really hard to think of somebody being nervous talking to me, but that's something that I really need to understand. And, you know, actually, Amy, you were just talking about like with employees, like being able to see outside of yourself and from your employees point of view, like seeing from other people's point of view, that could that could be a difficult thing. And so that person, I think they were in in Ashland, or at least um, maybe it was Eugene, I want to say Ashland. And they uh, wanted to say hi, you know, they're they're a local friend, uh, float center and and didn't because of shyness and nervousness. And and they talked about how anxiety is something that's really common with floaters, why a reason why people float. And so a lot of people who open float centers aren't complete extroverts. You know, they, they like to be, or they may like to be by themselves or recharge <laughs> by themselves. And um, going up and, and talking to people could, could be a, a tall order. And so that was a really nice insight to, uh, and I think very in line with uh, meeting Charlie. And the fact that it can be difficult to walk up to your competition's door and say, hey, I'm opening it up. Um, I'm going to be, you know, a few, well, I don't want to exaggerate and say a few blocks, but I open it up in your city. I'm your new competition. That's a, that's a tall order to ask of somebody. So I really appreciate that comment. And uh, so thank, thank you for that insight. I think you're very correct. And um, I, I definitely took that to heart immediately. So thank you. And read it to my wife as soon as I saw it because I, I thought it held quite a bit of value. So thank you. Uh, with that being said, I would just say to anybody who's nervous, say hello anyway. Just say hi to us. We want to meet you. <laughs> uh, 
And out of this bunch, I will say I am the introvert and I am the sh I'm super shy. Um, but <laughs> I know that as soon as people approach me um, and give me a hug, everything is OK and life is good. And you've just made somebody's day. So uh, I think that I think we can say that with confidence that at the float at the float conference, everyone there is probably a pretty darn nice person yes. and they float yes. and they're pretty laid back. And if you just go forward and give them a hug, that breaks the ice and everything is good from there on Love out. It. So. Uh, so be brave. I love be brave. It. it pays dividends. Yeah, it's true. And <laughs> you know, Amy, I know you say you're an introvert a lot, but every time you say it, my little introvert goes, "Wait a minute, I'm an introvert too." And as extroverted as I might seem, I gotta have my downtime. And as soon as we go above about three people in the room, it starts to become it's it becomes difficult for me it becomes more of a challenge large groups of people parades you know that kind of thing is is way way too much for me uh so so that's interesting so this is a big a lot of people around you know and so it becomes uh it's a lot of fun but it, it does um take resources i guess which is i think at the end of the conference why i'm always very tired and very very exhausted afterwards which is a good thing which is which of course is a good thing and boy, I hope that doesn't dissuade anybody from, from saying hello. All right. Let's get Greg Griffin on the line, shall we? Let's do it. Cool. Greg Griffin, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me on. Nice. Greg, Greg is broadcasting live from Float Madison tonight. He is in between transitions. Isn't that right, Greg? <laughs> yeah, I've got a couple of floaters, first timers here right now. Oh, cool. Hopefully they stay in the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's hardcore. Hardcore. Nice. I'm glad you I'm glad you made some time for yeah, us. Yeah, thanks, Greg. We we really thanks, appreciate yeah. it. Uh, so most people will probably know Greg from Float Facilitators. I think he posts on there quite quite frequently and um, has probably brought up quite a few um, questions that has been useful for himself, but also for, for everybody else in the community. And so I think he's raised a lot of really cool issues and uh, conversations on that. And so I want to talk about some of those things. But before that, I just want to hear about what got you interested in floating and starting your own float center, Greg? Sure. Yeah. So uh, I'll give you the short answer first. <laughs> okay. When people ask me about it, sure. I got sick of <laughs> I got sick of driving to Chicago huh. to float. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice. So you know, I first heard about it about five years ago, like a lot of people do, from a YouTube video, mm. a Joe Rogan video, okay. a little clip. <laughs> nice. And uh, took about maybe three months after hearing about it to go down to Chicago to give it a try. And um, we actually went and saw Joe Rogan do some comedy that night as nice, well. So nice. floated in the daytime, got some food, went and saw him that night. And so, I mean, I think like a lot of people's first floats, maybe not everyone's, but for a lot of people, you know, that first float, I got to that point, you know, I'm kind of playing around for a while, just trying to figure things out, going through all the uh, kind of preconceptions conceptions I had going mm. into it that I've heard about from Joe Rogan yeah. and different people who float a lot. Yeah. And, you know, I uh, went down to Chicago at Space Time Tanks, cool. which, uh, you know, right now they're in transition for their new center, which is kind of cool. Um, and it was the closest place at the time. So, I mean, five years ago, there was one that just closed down about six months prior near where I live in Madison, Wisconsin. Oh, no. And so the next closest place is about a two, you know, two hour, 45 minute drive to Chicago. So... I mean, at, at the end of that first float, yeah, right? Now it's so much more accessible, especially around here. That's awesome. Um, so that first float, I mean, me and my girlfriend floated at the same time in separate tanks, of course. And after that float, I'm walking on the hallway, big grit on my face. I look at her, 
and she's got a grin in her face as well. And I started talking to her and I'm just noticing as I'm talking to her, I'm kind of giggly and I'm oh, like, wow. I feel so incredible right now. I don't know what happened in there if I fell asleep or, or if I went to that meditative state, but it took me so long to relax and finally relax for maybe 10, 15 minutes. And as I'm talking, I just realized how good I felt and just like, man, I got to try this again. I bet it gets better over time. And um, kind of had an idea, you know, at some point, maybe I'll open up. I was in school for nutrition. I should mention that. Okay. Um, stepping back from some health problems I had about 10 years ago huh. and just got obsessed with nutrition and wellness and um, thought, man, it'd be cool to have like a float tank or two eventually at my nutrition practice because I'd love for people to find out about this thing. So over the course of the next couple of years, I guess three years, I'm telling everyone I know about, man, you guys got to drive to Chicago to float. It's amazing. <laughs> How many people did you convince? Uh, I don't know. Maybe zero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> every, every time I tell someone, like, oh, we'll wait for you to open one up here. I'm like, oh, I, I'm not going to do that, at least not for a long time. I, I probably can't do that. Right. Um, and so I'm telling, like, my nutrition friends. Like, I worked uh, at a local co-op in the health and wellness department at the time. And so I had a, a few friends who were either massage therapists, owned some different businesses around town in the wellness world. And I'm telling them the same thing. I'm, you know, just, hey, you should open a float center. Hey, you should put a float tank in here right. so I can float more. Right. And they all said the same thing. Just, why don't you open a float center? I'm like, I can't do right, that. Right, right. <laughs> so, so what opened your mind to the possibility of being able to do it yourself? Uh, so a few different things. Um for one, I just I kind of started getting bored with nutrition hmm. uh, as far as in school goes. Like, I oh. love nutrition, but I just kind of started getting bored with it. So I'm like, oh, man, it'd be cool to kind of travel for a little bit maybe. I was reading a couple, I don't know if you'd call them self-help books, but just inspirational books hmm. by some other entrepreneurs who um, quit school to travel and then kind of figured out what they wanted to do. So I'm like, maybe I should tr give that a try. And my focus was just to travel more at the time and like, I went through this list. I'm writing down different ideas. Do I start a gardening business? Do I start a nutrition business? Do I start a supplement business? Do I start a float center business? And um, during those travels, I, I would float. Whenever I go to somewhere else, I would always float. So I floated in Denver, uh, floated in Maine. You know, whenever I had a chance to float, I would float right as I landed, huh. go to a float center. It was awesome for jet lag and just to try out different mm -hmm. float centers and talk to different owners. Oh, cool. And um, it was the lady at a new, a new Spirit Wellness in Denver who um, was the first float center owner that told me, like, you can do this yourself. You don't need to go to school for business. Right. It's going to be a lot of freaking work, but you can do this. And um, it was her telling me that combined with just kind of the freedom that I kind of realized I had from traveling a little bit um, and reading some different books. And there might have been, you know, some kind of little spiritual weekend I had at one point that really... Mm kind of switched gears a little bit and uh yeah eventually I just decided yeah if this person could do this if this person could do this if he or she could do this of course I could do this because we're all human here so why not <laughs> nice. so I finally dove into it yeah. and I got I'm, I'm curious like okay so you decide you can do this uh do you look up what a business plan is I mean do you start looking for money do you start looking for locations what were your first steps yeah, everything. So the first step was... <laughs> right, that, that sounds more accurate. Yeah. <laughs> first step is just going on Google, float center research, or how to open a float center. It led me to uh, Kane's forum, the, the wefloat.net mm -hmm. forum. 
And, uh, and I think it was before flow facilitators or I just didn't know about it at the time because, you know, uh, this was two years ago, uh, mid-2014. One of the first things I noticed on there was that, oh, there's this float conference in Portland, Oregon. Oh, wow. oh like two months away from now. And, oh, man, I love traveling. So <laughs> let's, let's do this. Let's go out to Portland for a week, do, you know, spend a couple of days at the conference and, nice. you know, kind of do some exploring as well. And so luckily I had some money aside at the time. And I was saving for quite a few years, about five years, for to buy a house and live off the land, that kind of thing. Oh, and, wow. Uh, just basically decide, okay, I'm going to use this money for the float center. So Very yeah, nice. I bought a plane ticket, bought a, got an Airbnb, went out to Portland uh, two months after my, I finally set my foot down and said, I'm going to do this. And, uh, <laughs> nice. I mean, man, the float conferences, you know, if anyone has not been there yet and you're opening a float center, you have to go. It's, you'll learn so much in a week and just get so much inspiration. The parties are fun, of course. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> of course. Uh, and actually, did, did we meet on that the, your first float conference then? We did. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I drove straight to the to the float shop from the airport. Oh, is that and right? That's right. Did the spacewalk. Um, <laughs> nice. Awesome. Awesome. So you know, acupuncture, massage, the float. Yeah. You, you were there. I forget if uh, I know you were there. At least we sat on the couch for a little bit and talked. Yeah, I uh, think I remember that now. Yes. Yeah. I love it. Awesome. Yeah, it's cool. And so well, did you just come back just buzzing from that, from the float conference and just ready to go? Oh, yeah. You know, I did the workshop at the time. The It was a one-day workshop. Now I think they have it in two days. Yeah. Um, also learned about the apprenticeships that they that Float On puts uh-huh. on. So went back out there oh. the month afterwards. I I missed Portland so much. So I'm like, I got to go, I gotta <laughs> nice. go back. Couldn't oh, shucks. Away. I guess I'll go back to Portland. Yeah. <laughs> Learn more about yeah. running a flow center. Nice. Yeah. So I went back for another week again the next time uh, in September and mm. did the three-day apprenticeship, learned so much, just got to you know hang out in Portland more, go out yeah. to the coast, and oh, nice. just learn so much about float centers and how to run one. Cool. And of course, you know, there's so much to learn, but you know, three days worth of learning is, uh, it's definitely not enough, but it's a great start yeah. for as far as like inspiration goes mm. and getting me to like just really kick it up into high gear and spend every second I possibly have, you know, start staying up until 4 a.m. again, working on computer things nice. and nice. all that good stuff. And were you, were you working at this time or were you going to school full time or? Yeah, let's see. Um, when I went out to the conference, that was when I had like this awesome six month break <laughs> from jobs. So that's when I was nice. traveling a little bit and uh, ended up getting a new job pretty quickly i think it was oh. right after the uh it was right after the apprenticeship or right beforehand actually and you know what the day before i got back from portland during that apprenticeship the place i applied at before i left called me and said hey you want to start working here nice. i said of course so i started working i think two days after i got back from portland that second time nice. as a server again so got it so you were you were working while you were putting together your business plan and everything and for a while for a while uh there came a point where you know, it would have been nice to work the entire time because I got pretty close to things getting pretty messy hmm. um, just with all the delays that happened. Hmm. Um, so I stopped working as a server in late October. We didn't open until uh, April 5th. Oh, wow. And I was and, hoping... And when Go were ahead. you going to open? What was the... Uh, I was the aiming for, like, once we actually started construction, I was aiming for late December, thinking, like, okay, wow. it might spill into January. I'll have some money for January. Maybe it'll spill in the February. I'll still have a few bucks aside, and then <laughs> then things might get hairy. Damn. 
so how did you survive during that time? So uh, the, I did do a crowdfunding through GoFundMe, which I actually did that in September. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was mainly because I was asking for a loan from, you know, asked a couple banks. They said, you know, we love your idea. We'll, we'll come in and float when you open up, but we can't, you know, <laughs> give you the money that you need for it because nice. it's collateral and, you know, uh-huh. all that good stuff. And so I kind of methodically opened up a few credit cards, but I waited to do so until the day the loan that I did eventually get uh, got approved. So Hmm. um, I think every state might have an organization called SCORE. It's like the small small business. Do you know what it stands for? I'm not sure, but basically it's a core of retired professionals that offer oh, yes. basically mentorships mm-hmm. and walk mm-hmm. you through. And it is a national organization. Very helpful. Super helpful. So I went to them as recommended by a friend, um, gave them the idea that I had, you know, just wanted some more resources. They led me to this other organization in Wisconsin. It's called the WIBIC. It's the Wisconsin Women's Business Initiative Corporation. And they help new businesses or women, women-focused businesses get startup loans or extra money for funding huh. their existing businesses. And so it was a lengthy process, but when I came in with a business plan and just like the stack of papers of research and stuff, nice. the guy looks at me and he says, you're the most prepared person we've ever had walk in here. <laughs> nice. I think you're going to do okay. That's what you want to hear. That's what you want to hear. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So that was a good start. And uh um, you know, of course, I had to learn before that to write a business plan and, you know, figure out, you know, as much funding as I could, which luckily I did have quite a bit of savings. Um, still not nearly enough to open a float center, mm-hmm. of course. Um, so I was asking for 150000 from them, which would have almost covered everything, including my savings and the credit cards I was mm-hmm. planning on using. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could give me 100000 if... I were to raise the rest of the money I needed, which was about thirty-five thousand. Oh, interesting! And so that's where so that's where the crowdfunding campaign came cool. in. And for anyone else doing a crowdfunding campaign, planning I think is one of the biggest things that will help allow it to be successful. So a lot of people say, you know, it's from doing research on it. Planning maybe about a month in advance, you have time to, you know, plan timing of things, plan talking to the press. Maybe you can get on the TV, get on the radio, talk about, just spread the word as much as possible. I was in a time crunch because I needed that loan Mm -hmm. because I was already looking at locations and working on lease negotiations and I needed this money secured. (laughs) It was just like all these kind of things coming into play at once, which I think everybody goes through. Um, But then it was just having this extra step of the crowdfunding going through and convincing uh, Wibic that that extra money would be enough. And so my goal was 25,000 because that's what I really needed, needed. The other like 10 to 15 was for, you know, things went over budget, which of course they went way over budget. And I raised about uh, 14,000 through the crowdfunding. Nice. Um, So I'm curious about the crowdfunding. What were your rewards? And I think you said you used GoFundMe? I used GoFundMe, yes. And uh, it's... I think I I'm was gonna... curious, like, yeah, what do what did you do, and and why did you choose that over the other ones? I think that uh, because there are so many right now, um, sure. and were you happy with your choice? Um, so at the time, it was like I think it was right before Indiegogo started getting a lot more popular, which, and I never heard of Tilt until I started running one. So I just went with one of the companies that I heard that I knew was like repu- you know, had a good reputation, which at the time for me at least was Kickstarter and GoFundMe. 
Um, I think Kickstarter is more so for businesses that are trying to raise like inventive product or like raise money for a movie or something like that. Um, you know, it's an all or nothing where if you don't raise the funds you want to raise, you don't get any of it. So it's good to set your budget lower and try to go overboard, of course. Um, Indiegogo and Tilt are both great. And I think those might be better options for a float center than GoFundMe, where I think GoFundMe is more donation based. Um, again, I just went with GoFundMe because it's something I knew that I've heard about and I had about a week of planning before I had to start it so I can get at least as much money as possible in time yeah. to make sure all these other kind of avenues went through at the same time. So did that mean that you didn't have to have rewards? Um, correct. I didn't have to, but I did just to convince people, hey, give me money. <laughs> I'll give you something if you do. Cool. <laughs> cool. Nice. And so we basically, yeah, so we pre-sold floats. Um, pre -sold, and they weren't really okay. discounted. So we, they might have been barely discounted, but I pre-sold floats, t-shirts, thank yous, and bumper stickers, which I still have to get those bumper stickers. <laughs> it's on my list. <laughs> nice. Very nice. So my thought, uh, we looked into uh, ki uh, Kickstarter at the time. I think we opened a little bit before you. We opened in 2013. Mm -hmm. And my concern always with, uh, with the um, crowdfunding was what if I promise floats and then they all come in in my first month or two and they all take me up on it and they're all prepaid and oh my gosh, how am I going to uh, pay bills? That was always my fear. Did you run into any issues since the GoFundMe that you didn't expect later on or has it gone smoothly and you're really pleased with the outcome? It went really smoothly. Uh, I think I might have had that concern slightly, but then you know we opened ooh, like eight months after I started it. So I think a lot of people might have forgot about it a little bit, mm -hmm. but I mean, like I sent emails out when we finally, you know, gave them some updates throughout the process. Um, and that's the same thing with pre-selling floats. Like my plan was open in late December. So when I had banners up around town and, you know, spreading the word about on Facebook, I did run a, a little Facebook ad. I think I spent about $150 on a Facebook ad in December and did really good with pre-sales just from that Facebook ad and a few flyers around town. Nice. Um, it actually exceeded what I made on GoFundMe just in the month of December. <laughs> and again, the concern is there where you think, oh man, all my first month of floats are going to be people who already prepaid. And that was not the case. When we finally opened up, it seemed like maybe about 25% or less were people that have already prepaid and the rest were new customers oh. who were probably you know, thinking, I want to float. I wouldn't mind getting that little bit of extra savings by prepaying, but what if he doesn't ever open? And so, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people just wait until it actually opened to come and try to purchase them. So, yeah, it was not an very, issue at all. Very, very nice. Yeah. I like hearing that. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> so then let's delve into, so you got the money, you start, uh, you, you got a plan for what you're going to do, and I, well, when did you start posting on Flow Facilitators? <laughs> when did the questions start arising? Oh, and how, how did no you idea. Let's see. start using that as a resource? Maybe March, I would think. Really? I, okay. It's probably as soon as I found out about Flow Facilitators, sure. maybe like a week afterwards. I, I don't even know how I found out about it, actually. <laughs> Someone but, probably invited me in and yeah. I said, okay, yeah, let's check this out. And, and did, you, um, did you find that to be helpful? Oh, yeah, super helpful. If anything, it was a... I think in the beginning it might have been a place to vent. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think and I started posting a few things, just, hey, has anyone had this problem? Has anyone had this problem? Um, and I, I think I quickly realized that I might be having more problems than some people have had. <laughs> um, at least people were telling me that. And like, oh, man, some of these issues are just crazy. Like the, like our city 
uh, sealing off our plumage draining line on accident and finding that out the day be- the weekend before I was supposed to open. Oh my god! Oh, um, that was the weirdest little thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's insane. Yeah, be- before that's that, weird, there, yeah. there were just a, a bunch of little things. Like uh, I was the only person to ever have the quartz tube that surrounds the UV light bulb in the filtration unit for my pod arrived shattered. <sighs> and so when I hooked up my pod, oh. um, I started, I ran the filters, checking for leaks, <laughs> like, okay, cool, no leaks. And all of a sudden water starts running out of the uh, Dell ozone box. So I quickly oh. shut the valve off and I looking in there for a few minutes, I called James up from Superior Float Tanks and I'm like, hey, so I got water leaking from the UV units, oh. and he's he was dumbfounded, like, uh, yeah, that's never happened before. So I'm looking in there with a flashlight, and there's glass broken broken in there. So I tell him that. I remember this. Yeah. So luckily, you know, they uh, overnighted me a new quartz tube. Um, the company themselves, Delozone, they've never had it happen either. Wow. So right, right. Um, you know, they, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that was by by that time though, I've already went through like right. maybe five, six kind of crazy little issues where when that happened, I just kind of laughed about it and said, oh, of course this is yeah, whatever. Okay, we'll get it fixed nice. on Monday. Um, of course, it always happens on a Friday. I think we all know that now, as, <laughs> as far as businesses go, everything happens on yeah. a Friday, and have to wait until Monday to fix things. Sometimes, you know, <laughs> that reminds me of something. I remember you you made a Facebook post about just basically it was venting. You know what what you described of like just having a really effing hard time, and you sounded really down. And I remember we spoke on the phone maybe a week after that, but I think it was less than a week, maybe just a few days after that post. And I was expecting to be talking to a downtrodden, beat down individual with very little hope, but you had a ridiculously positive attitude already and seemed to have found new vigor and energy. What, 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 what's your secret, bud? What's your motivation? Yeah. Um, I guess I, I, I don't know if you call it ridiculous, call it whatever you want, but I just have this outlook on life, I think, where it's just life. You know, like if, you know, people are asking me when I had the business idea to open a float center, like what if it fails? And it's like, I'm going to work my ass off to make sure it doesn't fail. Mm-hmm. But if it fails, that's, you know, that's just life. Like I'll nice. do something else. Wow. Um, of course, it doesn't answer your question. I think it's just, uh, <laughs> I don't know what got me there. It's like, I don't meditate a lot. I just, I think it was during those travels and, you know, maybe that, you know, couple weekends I had of, <laughs> Uh, some kind of spiritual journeys and, uh, you know, reading a lot of positive books, that kind of thing. Mm. Just, you know, it's, it's just, it really, it's just life. And I just have this thing where it's like, we're such, you know, we live a short life. Let's make the best of it we can. And, you know, people fail all the time. Um, mm. When you fail, you just move on. You learn lessons from it and you start something new. There's always, you know, plenty of resources out there to, you know, pick your feet back up, learn a lesson and kind of move on. Nice. So, yeah. <laughs> That's great. I love it. Well, that's inspirational. Thank you, Greg. I love it. Yeah. Plus, I was already pretty deep into it where I said, okay, I yeah. can't fail. If I yeah. give up now, like I, I lose out a lot of money. I, I, I'm, I'm going to be homeless for a little bit, I think. So. Have a cry, <laughs> then pull yourself out of the fetal position. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Brush the dust and off and get back to it. Do it all over yeah, again. Right. That's for sure. Yeah, watching you, it brought back so many memories. Mm. And I'm sure it does for everybody. Oh, I'm sure. Um, but resiliency <laughs> really is the only way. I think that's the mark of a true entrepreneur. It's the only way we get going uh, again is, yeah, pick yourself back up. You keep going. You know, it's not the end of the world. And 
Um, and that's, uh, I think, a pretty good indication you're going to, they're going to make oh, it. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the willingness yeah, to ask questions, too. And, you know, when something comes up to reach out to the community for answers, as opposed to just trying to bullheadedly do it yourself, is a really good sign of someone who's going to be successful. Um, oh, sure. And I think on that note, like, I'm sure I had a million more questions and a million more <laughs> venting I could have done. But, uh, you know, there comes a point where you start realizing, man, I'm the only guy posting in these last couple of days. So I'm going to take a step back for a minute. And uh, But I, I don't know. I, I think, you know, I did so much of my own kind of questioning and answering in my head and doing research online. But, you know, that's the great place to do it is full facilitators. So like anyone out there who thinks they're posting too much, just like you told me at one point, you're not. Like that's what it's there for. It's, it really is. Yeah, even when it says you have six six new posts and flow facilitators and you scroll in, they're all from Greg. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> it's all good. That's great. I'm, I'm curious about, uh, you've had a girlfriend throughout this whole arc, yeah? Um, yeah. So how has it been for her and how has it been for you, um, your relationship and supporting each other through this? Yeah, yeah it's it's been great. You know, um, I think, Amy, you, you and... Uh, you're in that position too, where you have a husband who doesn't do much with the business. I mean, he probably helps yes. out here and there, but he's pretty correct. much separate, right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, so I'm in this. I'm in the same position where my girlfriend. She loves floating. Um, she just she does her own thing. Um, I could just tell from the beginning that going into this, she just mm. didn't really have like the obsession. I guess is the best <laughs> way to describe it right. that I had for it. So right. I didn't want to like bring her into it, and you know, it just. Yeah, so she's separate just like Amy and uh, her husband is, mm -hmm. at least in the business sense of things. Yeah. But yeah, she's been she's been great the whole time. Um, uh, supportive. Of course, there's times where I'm here way too much and she has to remind me like, hey, like, you got to hang out with me once in a while. And... <laughs> but, you know, I think those people keep us balanced. They keep the, I totally. think we need those people in our lives um, mm -hmm. because otherwise I'd fall into that hole of my entire life revolves around that float center. Right. Uh, for sure. Totally. I would sleep here if I didn't have a girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I swear true. to God. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember. There were weekends. In fact, I'm pretty sure I did not go home for any weekend our first Oof. six months or so. Whoa. I just lived. I did. Uh, Mark and I lived there. I actually oh. um, slept on the massage table. Um, but you get, you know, it's like you do what you got to do and you get wrapped up in it. So you need yeah. someone to remind you to come home. And take a shower and stuff. Time time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wash my hair. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell. Very nice. Very nice. Oh. Um, might be sweat. Oh, I want to, uh, I want to ask about uh, your, your contractors and some other issues that came up. But I also want to just bring up real quick the uh, Float Madison shirts that you sent to us. I thought that was really awesome. Speaking of float oh, facilitators, cool. you, you had posted. You're like, hey, does anybody else have other people's float center uh, t-shirts? And... And you mailed two of them out to Sandra and I, which I, which I thought was so cool. And I, I would like to pay that forward and send it to another float center myself, um, uh, float shop shirts. And I think actually the float, I actually, I think you really inspired what we're going to do is a big t-shirt exchange. So at the float conference, we encourage anybody who has a float center or t-shirts for their float center already bring five or more of your shirts and, and we'll trade them around like, uh, I think I think Lance calls them like pogs or like like, like pogs, Pokemon exactly. or whatever, like old baseball cards, you know. And sure. uh, that'll be awesome. So thank you so much. And I I uh, took a few pictures with those. We'll we'll throw them up on the website uh, artofthefloat.com cool. if you want to check them out. And I'll, I'll put them on float facilitators as well. So thanks, Greg. I thought that was awesome. I really appreciate it. And, yeah, totally. Uh, of course, I 
We took some pictures that weren't uh, very high quality, and then I went home, had a sandwich, and had a giant piece of mayo land on it, so I had to go through the wash, uh, so we haven't taken good photos with it yet, but we'll, we'll do that. Um, your contractors, I, I don't know how much lead up I need to give to this. Do you want to just talk about them? Do you know where I'm going with this? <laughs> I don't know. I, okay. You might, maybe you might have a, you might have a misconception maybe about I do. my contractors per se. Um, they were great. Oh, okay. Um, I think a lot of, I mean, go ahead. Maybe, yeah. What do you think about yeah, so my, my situation? I guess, yeah. So. Let me tell you about your situation, Greg. Uh, <laughs> my understanding from, from float facilitators and my memory of it was that, uh, they con- the construction workers were putting nails or screws into either oh. your isomax or whisper clips and so it was kind of negating the quality or or through the sheetrock into the studs themselves something to that effect that was n- potentially negating your soundproofing quality is that accurate sure so that is accurate um i just thought you were you know we had months of delays which oh. were mostly my fault for changing things and then huh. uh you know just kind of switching things around adding things and then you know the all the little things that my contractors or I didn't have any control over. Okay. Um, but yeah, as far as that goes, um, you know, I was I was at the float center as much as possible. It's part of why I ended up quitting my server job was to just be here to kind of watch things mm. as, and work on things a lot as well. Like I did all the installation installation myself because I wanted it done really meticulously. Nice. Same with the painting. I did all the painting myself. Um, had my girlfriend, she helped a little bit, had a couple of friends help a little nice. bit, but yeah. I mean, I was here yeah. for a couple of all-nighters and many, many hours painting, and it's, man, what a great lesson. Like, I'm a pretty damn good painter nice. at this point. Nice, um, <laughs> It probably yeah, saved yeah, a few yeah. bucks, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, a couple of thousand. And yeah, a job right? to fall back on, just in case. Exactly. I would never want to paint a job. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, it's fun once in a while. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, but as far as, like, contractor errors go, there weren't many, and, like, there were a couple little things that we caught while it was going mm-hmm. on, like uh, having our water pipes kind of setting on the uh, uh, the ceiling framing. And my, my architect noticed that he was in here one day. He's like, hey, uh, those shouldn't be resting on there. It's going to create vibrational sounds mm-hmm. through there, through the walls, you know, into the float tank. So they lifted those up off of there so they weren't touching nice. anymore. There were a couple little things like that that we caught. But then there was, yeah, one day where I came in, I noticed some of the screws were going through the drywall and the studs mm-hmm. in my um, on my little like on my soundproof walls that were you know had the air gap so the screw was going from the drywall through the air gap through the stud which is a no-no yeah um but you know it's but you caught it uh too well too late I oh mean. <laughs> okay i mean i saw it in my one wall that was not finished that's my third future mm-hmm. float room okay so you know that makes me think it probably happened in both other float rooms as well right um I, how much of an issue it is, you know, it would weaken the system a little bit. At the same time, my doors are really weak, are my weak point uh-huh. to my float rooms anyways that are, you know, as far as like STC ratings yeah. go, which, you know, whatever they mean. Um, people have different opinions on that. But, uh, you know, you try to shoot high, of course. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, our doors were the weak point. So my architect says, you know, those screws being in a few of those places through the studs might not be as big of an issue as mm. the doors themselves. Mm-hmm. So you really shouldn't have to worry about it. And I don't know, I really don't think I do, but of course you want things perfect. So when there is noise coming through while you're floating, you know that you did everything you could to prevent it. Totally. Um, you know, speaking of the delays and you, you had mentioned that, you know, it wasn't your contractors. It wasn't 
basically anytime somebody opens a float center, they have an opening date and we all chuckle <laughs> because we know it's not going to be that date. Uh, it's always going to be a, a bit longer. What do you think are some maybe maybe universal reasons that people's construction would be delayed and maybe just some some one-offs that were special to Greg Griffin? <laughs> um, I, I bet one big thing that a lot of people might have is, oh, maybe not. I, one of the things that I ran into was I have a basement underneath half the space, which I guess might be kind of rare for people actually. Um, but the pitch for my float rooms... Um, we basically had to spend like an extra couple thousand dollars in like two extra days extending the pitch from the end of my float room, my last float room shower across the ceiling oh. in my basement to the drainage pipe. Um, so that's something maybe a lot of people don't have to deal with actually. But, <laughs> um, we'll call that one uh, a Greg one-off. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a Greg one-off. Um, this, the soot storm, that might have been a Greg one-off where we were trying to vent my... Uh, a water heater through the existing chimney vent that was once upon a time went from the basement to the roof. When they actually went to start installing it, they realized that that whole chimney vent was actually cemented. They like poured cement in there at oh. some point to seal it off. Oh, no. And so they were trying to figure out a different way to do it. So they dug a hole into one of the walls up in my main space and noticed there was an existing chimney, like a brick chimney. And a little bit of soot came out when they were like kind of digging in there at first. And so they spent a couple hours just trying to figure out the best route to go, um, went home for the night. The next day I come in at like 10 a.m., you know, slept in that day. To, you know, usually I come in here when they come in at like 7.30. Uh, slept in, got here at 10 a.m., and there's this guy walking outside with his big trash bag. He's, he's just covered in black. And oh, I'm my like, God. Oh, what's going on? He's like, uh, you might not want to walk in there <laughs> right now. Oh, no. And so, so I walk oh, inside, no. and as I'm walking down my hallway, I notice like my walls have all these black smears all over the walls. Uh, and then like I get oh. near where that chimney vent is, and then there's just black dust everywhere. It's a pile of it. The walls are slightly black that I just oh. finished painting. My float oh, pod no. was sitting in my lobby that I, I just brought it in two days prior. It was going to oh, sit in my lobby for two days and get moved back to the float room to sit there forever. And it's covered in soot. Oh. The filtration's covered in soot. All my oh, maple no. trim was sitting out, so all that's oh, covered in soot. Um, luckily, the maple trim oh. wasn't uh, sanded yet, so it wasn't a huge okay. deal. And my contractors also said, which is I think is totally true, a lot of people do add their final layer of paint on after the contractors are out of there just because things might get scuffed up a bit. Mm. And I also decided to use a one-part epoxy-based paint on those on my float room wall anyway, mm -hmm. so I did put a layer of paint on at the end anyway, so it wasn't a big deal. But it still, that was like a good, you know, day, two, three-day delay there because of the mess right. caused by the soot. I think I remember <laughs> that that oh. post, and I think maybe you're looking for products to clean soot specifically. Mm -hmm. did, yep. did you find something specific, or, or did was it more of like yeah. a soap and water thing? Um, so I mean the the walls I just I kind of just used a, a rag that was damp mm -hmm. um, for getting the soot stains off of certain things like the float pod. Um, well, what are those things called? They're like soot erasers. This is like this oh, yes. weird piece of foam. Oh, the magic eraser. Yeah, we use those. Not the, the not the magic oh. eraser though. It's like oh, this. No. It's a separate. Like I use that as the final stage. Like after mm -hmm. I, it, it's this like weird spongy like. Ah, it's like a rubbery sponge that if you just look for like how to clean up soot like or soot sponge <laughs> we'll it'll it. probably show up right? <laughs> yeah and so that like kind of like use it it's kind of like a magnet for the soot oh interesting and then and then like get rid of the soot stains themselves the magic eraser was great for that 
yeah, you learn a lot when these things happen. <laughs> <laughs> so do you, do you attribute anything specifically to um, the plan to open in December to opening in April for, for the delay being that large? Um, I think a lot of it was just, I mean, there was a good few weeks for sure. That was just me changing things as time went on. Um, like most things were set in place before we started construction, but then there were a lot of things where I thought I didn't have the money for it. And then I did all that like incredible and pre-sales in December uh-huh. and I thought, okay, let's, let's add fluorescent, let's uh, get rid of these fluorescent lights and add LEDs. Let's get rid of this carpet and add nicer flooring here. Let's modify a few of these doors, um, that I don't like that are already here. Um, my painting probably delayed it about a, a good few days, of course. Um, I think most of it was me, I think. Um, half me, half just unforeseen circumstances. Right. Interesting. Very interesting. And, oh, sorry, Amy, go ahead. I was going to say, what, what would you have, would, what is it that you would have done differently or would you have done anything differently? Are you, are you happy that you traded off that uh, delay in opening for the changes that you made? Was it worth it for you? Um, hmm. Probably not. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, the place looks a lot better with the LEDs and those fluorescents would have looked. And I doubt many people would have cared that much. Mm. Um, you know, the money, the lost potential, uh, potential revenue that I lost out on is obviously huge for every week that goes by. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if, if, it was, if the delays that were my fault probably caused us maybe two months where my contractors probably would have finished by the end of January. Um, mm. They said like two and a half, three months, and I thought, okay, let's we'll get done in two months, though. Right. Which, oh, that's funny. Just ridiculous. <laughs> um, so you, you know, the contractor's plan was open in January, and then me, mm. you know, just the unexpected delays would probably make it to go towards like February, end of February, and then me, you know, just changing things, bringing it to the beginning of April. Got it. That sounds so, reasonable. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's yeah, it's one of those things where it's just you don't know until you start doing it mm-hmm. and you just try your best at every angle and you know if you, it, once you open you're open it doesn't matter if, if you didn't open two years ago you're open and that's really all that matters right very true so you've been open for what is it four five uh, five months now four months and three days right. four months in three days just about four well, is that was that right yeah cool yeah. excellent well congratulations yeah. to being open for four months that's very exciting thank you, thank you. and yeah. how is float madison today it's great uh just just added a, new, a few new plants today so cool. <laughs> <laughs> um oh, real awesome. obvious question yeah. how many tanks do you have so we have two right now we have one pod and one uh float room and you mentioned having another one that you want to perhaps add add a tank to later yeah, so there's a few more things in my floor plan. Like I did the floor planning myself, again, for people. SketchUp, awesome program mm. for designing floor plans. Mm-hmm. It's what I use. Then just hand it to my architect, and he you know, made the modifications he had to. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to add a third float room as soon as possible. Uh, hopefully by the end of this year I'll have that float room up, a sauna room, a post-float prep room with you know countertops, blow dryers, make uh, oh, mirrors, nice. that kind of thing. Um, a second restroom, and then a massage room. Cool. Wow. Nice. Excellent. We'll see what happens. <laughs> of course. Of course. Let it all happen organically. And But the float tanks are a great foundation and kind of like a higher reward, lower risk than like LMTs. You know, you get to keep all of the money that comes in with your float tank. Even though you might be paying payments on them, it's not like an LMT where you automatically cut the bill somewhat in half uh, with mm-hmm. that person. So I, I think you're doing it right for sure. Um, and, and how is clientele? How are you doing four months in? 
Good. We're busy. Uh, yeah. I mean, like right off the bat, we were pretty busy. I think a lot of that was just, you know, every minute I had uh, with the process of it, you know, last year, I was out talking to local businesses, putting flyers up places, uh, talking about it on Facebook, just trying to spread the word as much as possible in our town. Um, also, I had a few media sources reach out to me last year, which, you know, would have been cooler if they would have done it while I was open, but I couldn't say no, call me next year. It's like, yeah, let's do it now or never, maybe, kind of a thing. So that might have helped a bit. Um, and yeah, we're doing great. I mean, I continue to spend every second I can kind of marketing, getting the word out there, educating people. Do you, um, uh, do you sleep? Do you get tired? Do you need breaks? I mean, you seem... Uh, <laughs> I sleep a little bit. Yeah. Um, I get about six hours a night, which to me is like my minimum, minimum level. I used to get eight, nine, which was awesome. But, you know, you take what you can get. But uh, when, I, when you're awake, your motor's on for floating. You, you go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I also... It's just me right now. So I'm a one-person operation, mm-hmm. which... With two tanks, totally doable. It's mm-hmm. busy. You know, between clients, I do half hour breaks between floats. So I'm, you know, scrambling to turn over each room while at the same time making sure I can give quality customer service, which I think everyone that comes in does take note of and appreciates. Cool. Nice. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, once I have that third float tank, they'll definitely need some employees, at least to clean between uh, floats. Um, but yeah, it can be done. Again, we're recording live from Float Madison's there. You hear that beeping? Star Trek console stuff going off right that now. That is the ocean float room uh, signaling that the float is over with. <laughs> okay, all right. We should probably wrap it up soon. I, I do um, – gosh, what was the other thing I wanted to ask? Um, well, as far as employees go, uh, so you're you're running the show by yourself right now. You want Are you going to wait until you have the third uh, float tank in before you do that? And are you open five out of seven days? So open six. And so, wow. you know – I had the plan that I think a lot of people do to be closed one day a week to do deep cleaning. Mm-hmm. So I'm closed on Mondays. Uh, I didn't. I didn't even get to do one deep cleaning Monday before my girlfriend said, "Hey, can we use that Monday to hang out?" <laughs> I'm like, uh, "Remember we like each other. Remember that." Yeah, I'll just. I guess I could stay after. So what I do basically is, you know, I I do my nightly cleaning takes maybe a half an hour mm-hmm. longer than between clients, but then I'll stay mm-hmm. after here about two hours twice a week to do the deep cleaning. So each week there's a, di- or each twice a week, there's a different thing I have to do. So one day I'm mm. cleaning tiles the next, uh, two hour day. I'm, you know, cleaning shower glass and the, uh, outside walls of the float tanks and that kind of thing. Yeah. So it works out. Wow, Greg, I am so impressed by how much, uh, <sighs> one man is caring. I mean, how much, just how much you do. That's really impressive to mm-hmm. me. I don't know, Amy, does that sound like a lot to you? <laughs> That does. I don't remember those days. Uh, and I don't, I don't, uh, I don't envy you, but it is, you're doing what needs to be done. And that's yeah. a beautiful thing. And you're doing it with finesse, my friend. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, You guys go through the same thing. It's like in a different sense where, you know, there's times where I'm super stressed out and I'm like, ah, man, it'd be cool to just be running some simple retail shop or something. <laughs> but then people come out of their floats and they start yeah. thanking you and telling you, oh my gosh, this helps with my anxiety, with mm-hmm. pain, with, you know, it's the, that's why I got into it was for people to experience nice. what I've gotten to experience from my floats and then, and then tenfold for all the other benefits that there are to floating that they get to experience coming in here that just keeps me alive and, you know, keeps me going. Love it. Awesome. Greg, is there anything else you want to share with the, the float community before we, before we sign off, before you help with uh, the next transition? 
<laughs> oh man, I'm done for the night. <laughs> these, 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 these guys are showering right now. I probably got about two more minutes. I hope that my float pod software will wake them out of their float because it's saying connection lost, which I think is okay because I unplugged the uh, Ethernet cable. Anyways, oh, uh, story for another show, I guess. Right, but, right. Uh, no, I think that's I think that's good. You know, thanks for having me on again. Um, for those that uh, use float facilitators, use it hmm. whenever you can. And I say, like right now, I still have no free time, but I do take some free time that I somehow manage to. Uh, put in my time schedule to if people call me out of the blue from another float center I'll answer the phone and I'll talk for a little bit as far as like consulting goes I'll give a few minutes mm -hmm. of my time here and there to help people with issues that come up So uh, I'm a great resource like a lot of us are that own float centers to helping other float centers get open because nice. that's Been my goal from the beginning. Just get everyone floating. Cool. Awesome, Greg. Thank you so much. I really appreciate appreciate you being on the show and carving out uh, a little bit of time in between floats to talk with us. I really appreciate that. Thank you. And yeah, I, yeah. I also feel like we barely just scratched the surface with uh, uh, <laughs> all the things to learn, right? So if if you're willing, we'd love to have you on in the future as well and, and catch up with, with Greg and Flo Madison. I would always love to. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Amy. Awesome. Good to talk to you in person, finally. Pleasure. I'll, Pleasure. Uh, I look forward to meeting you in, uh, in a few weeks. In a few yeah. weeks. Can't wait. Sweet. Conference. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Greg. Have a great night. And to everybody else, thank you so much for listening. As always, Artful Float on Twitter, Instagram, and find us on Facebook, Art of the Float. And until next week, we'll talk to you next week.